You are listening to a podcast. Not just any podcast, but the 33rd podcast of the Something On My Mind program. I am David. And I am Cindy. All right, welcome to this week's program, everyone. In our podcast, Cindy and I like to use our professional backgrounds where we cover all things finance, but we also like to mix in an offbeat story or two to give you a break from everyday reality. Our mission is to improve your financial fitness, and we like to do all of this with a side of humor. As a show reminder, you can follow us on all social media platforms, including Instagram at SOMM.podcast. And if you'd like to submit a question to the show, you can go to somethingonmymind.net. And here's the cool thing. If we choose to read your question on the air, we're going to give you a $50 Amazon gift card. All right, very cool. So let's get on to our topics for the week. In our financial section, we are going to cover buying quality products that not only save you money, but also save the environment. And we're going to have two human interest stories this week as we are going to pay homage to our veterans and we are also going to pay homage to Alex Trebek. All right, so let's hit the round table. And this week, I am going to start. Oh, boy. And this has to do with leaves. Oh, my nemesis. It's fall time in Michigan. And so leaves fall, and you have to dispose of them. And if my math is right, we have about eight trees that are at least 100 feet tall apiece. Oh, absolutely. Every bit of it. And so it's a chore to get them done. Oh, it's the worst. I mean, it is. I love fall. And then after, as all of these leaves are gifting to our lawn, I think we have about literally a half a foot of leaves. You can't even see the grass. It's like a virtual shag carpet of leaves all over. And we have almost an acre of land. Yeah, so on the perimeter of the property, we get all the leaves to the curb, and it goes all the way around the house and into the driveway. Yeah, and and the piles are four foot tall by six foot wide mm-hmm. and it goes for several hundred feet and we pay a company to come and vacuum suck. them yeah and they suck them up in that machine but then i saw our neighbor across the street and we told this story in one of our earlier podcasts how last year he destroyed our lawn because he kept cutting them up right and mulching them and not really Ugh, getting rid of them, my right? arch rival yes so i noticed since i'm home all the time i've counted that he's been out there seven times where he cuts the leaves up right <laughs> Yeah. And then he lets them sit, and then it hurts the lawn, and then eventually he goes and blows them. But what I'm thinking is that he spends all the time cutting them, and then he spends all this time blowing them, so he's wasting all of this Mm -hmm. gas. Rather than just letting them all fall and doing one or two passes on the lawn, but that was the incident last year when he destroyed our lawn by mulching them in there, and then they froze in there. So we haven't talked to him since because he took our money and didn't finish the job, and then, again, destroyed the lawn. I know, and then it snowed. And then they froze, and so in the spring, it was just like like frozen mush. Yeah, we lost all the grass. Oh, I was so mad. I was so mad. No, uh, I said a lot of bleeps that day we went out, and it was just like, what did he do? Here's the crappy thing, what though. He, is what that, has he done? But he's, the crappy thing is that he, on the, for the most part, was a good neighbor. Like, he's willing to help, like, the neighbor move to just, you know, got to a, yeah. a new house. He... Is willing to come out and he used to help us with our lawn or vice versa. And he helps the new neighbors. You know, he's always very friendly that way. But I'm just sticking to my laurels, man. It's like, you took our money and you You didn't the, finish the you job. Finished the job right. and, so. and we were helping him. I mean, that was the thing. He, he was going through a divorce. He needed money. He was out of work a little bit. 
He had lost a lot of money in that divorce. So we're like, all right, this job sucks anyway. Go ahead and take care of our lawn. We'll pay you. And it was dirt cheap. But every time he asked for money, I gave it to him. And we also really let him cut the lawn that year because he needed money. So I don't know. It's still amazing to me because he's still good with everybody else. And the funny thing, too, is that he screwed the neighbor across the street. He did the same thing. I know. He took her money and didn't finish the job. And then his ex-wife was hired by her, <laughs> and she works on the lawn next door all the time for the work that he didn't finish. That's all very sorted. <laughs> and then she she drops the kids off for the Wednesdays when he sees the kids. I know. And she well, stops over to do the lawn trees work. trees and doing lawn work <laughs> at the lady next door. It's so funny how the world works. All right, so listen, there is a story that I, I want to tell that um, – I lived in Huntington Woods as a kid, and the same thing occurred where you rake the leaves and you put them to the curb. And I was about middle school age, I believe, and the same thing occurred uh, what we do here, in that you rake the leaves, you put them to the curb, and they're going to go out two, three, four feet from the curb into the street. So that means anytime anyone drives near them, they have to go in the middle not to run through them. And so what happened is that there's this particular car that would come and just barrel through the leaves like... They hit the gas pedal. You knew they were going faster, and they would just go. Oh, that would be so much fun. Oh, my gosh. I'm sure it is. <laughs> I would totally and do we that. We probably have all done that to some I'm degree sure. at some point. And, but these are big piles and a lot of work, and we didn't have blowers back then either. So anyway, I'd fix the leaves, and this guy would come, and he would barrel through the leaves again. And after three or four times, I'm like, this is crap. I can't take it anymore. And so I went to the construction site next door where they were building this highway, and I grabbed a cinder block. Oh, David. <laughs> I st- you did not. I, I did. And I stuck it in the pile, and he came barreling through, and he oh. janked his car up. Oh, David. Yep. That's bad. It was. I mean. I can visualize it right now. I'm, like, over here in the other part of the lawn, and this guy comes, uh, oh. right? And How mad was he? Uh, he kept driving. And he never did it again. Well, like probably, <laughs> uh, probably because he didn't have a car to drive after that. I don't know. It's like hitting a giant pothole or something. Like, you mess your tires up bad. I, I mean, I'm really a good person, everyone, but there was a moment oh, of just, not, I mean. That, that moment, you were not. <laughs> I mean, that's, I, I you mean, know, that's like, I'm going to guess. I'm all for being mad, but not for revenge. I mean, that was like maybe 35, 37 years I ago. I mean, I get it. So, You're a kid. I was a kid. It was a little devious, but I just remember that story because we have so many darn leaves I out know. there. And you were putting them in the street, and that's what all I kept thinking is somebody is going to be so mad that our leaves, because we're the only one in our neighborhood who does that. But I timed it out. So I put them on the street, and then the company came the next day. So we were Oh, we were yeah, cool. I guess. I guess. All right. So that's my story, and I think we're going to leave this part of the podcast and move on to the next section. Leave. No pun intended. It's a bad joke, I know. Now it's time to get into this week's financial topic, and this has to do with buying quality products that save you money, but they can also help save the environment. This is a similar topic that we talked about in podcast four, which was titled Buying Quality Products Saves You Money Down the Road. So in that podcast, we said the premise was not to buy things that are cheap that could keep breaking or need to be replaced when you could buy something one time and have it last much longer so that down the road, you're actually spending less money. This is a favorite subject of ours because purchasing items with this mindset 
is often a hidden thing in the budget that people don't necessarily execute. And they don't even realize or think that they can actually put more disposable income in their pockets. So for this particular subject, we're going to go deeper than we did in the first podcast in that, yes, you can save money down the road by buying quality products. But the difference here is that you will also help the environment. And specifically, we're talking about our main culprit, which is plastic. Oh, man. I grew up in the world of plastics. My whole family was plastic mold injection manufacturers. I was on a machine making plastic molds. You know me, I love plastic, but you also know me, and I've seen the light. Well, when we met, everything... Everything. Had her hands on was plastic. Remember, we would go into a store, and that's the first thing I would gravitate towards, is anything, like plastic plates, plastic cups, plastic... I mean, literally, my whole world was plastic. You would get agitated with me because I'd say, why are you buying this plastic? And first of all, a lot of the things you bought that were plastic were cheap anyway. But I'm like, let's buy quality stuff that lasts a long time. But your mindset was like probably ingrained because you worked around plastic. I did. Right. I mean, that was like my whole life of manufacturing growing up. So yeah, round robin. Now that I've seen the light, let's talk about some of those prior examples that we did refer back to in podcast four. And one, which I love because I do this and it's my domain, was buying a lawnmower rather than having a service do the work for us. Right. The cost came out better. It didn't really help the environment, but it put money in our pocket. But the other thing was, for example, is rugs. Cindy loves rugs. I love rugs. And I have a rug thing. I'm going to say in all of our time together, eight, nine years, that she has given away 25 rugs. But we've given away, though so that's the good thing. It's going to a home that needs it. And further to that is it's a good thing to remodel. It's a frugal way to remodel a room is to buy a new rug. And I only buy them on sale. Just buy a nice rug and don't keep repurchasing it is the way. That's never going to (laughs) happen. Another example was the garbage can. I kept buying it, kept breaking every couple years. So then I went out and bought an eco-friendly one that might last 15 to 20 years. And I probably will save that money 10 times over. So the difference here with this particular subject is that we're talking about things that get used based on consumption. A good example would be like Ziploc bags, right? You use them and you toss them. Or Starbucks coffee cups that you use that are paper and they get chucked. But there are several products that you use over and over in your household that can be reduced and have long-term use for them. This has actually been a lot of fun for us because the challenge has been finding eco-friendly products that are more than single use that create a solution for our house. So we've been buying products that we use consistently. We don't have to replace them for a long time horizon. And what we found is the best part of this is that our disposable income is increasing. And this is what we're going to run down now by providing some examples of what we've done and what else you might be able to do. How we started is that we went to the internet and just started looking around for companies that sold products. It's a basic search that says products that can eliminate plastic. And there's a plethora of them out there. So after doing some research, we decided to go knock out some things that we thought were pretty easy to do. The first thing was light bulbs. So as incandescent bulbs started uh, going by the wayside and the LEDs or CLFs started to come into play, we started to switch those out as the other ones burnt out. And from looking at some stats on here on the internet, it says that the average house has 40 light bulbs in it. 40? I mean, if you think about it, look in the room right here. One, two, three, four. Five, because that lamp's down in the basement. That's just one bedroom. Right. Without a doubt, we definitely have more than 40. But anyway, that's a lot of light bulbs, right? So at the time we were doing it, 
each bulb was like six or seven bucks at the time we bought them. But it's like anything else when there's a new product and there's not a lot of supply, the price is high. And then eventually it evens itself out when the supply gets bigger and more people buy the products. So for example, I went and did some research on light bulbs itself and it says a 100 watt incandescent bulb for a full year costs $131. A 100 watt CLF bulb costs about $32 in energy costs a year. And a 100 watt bulb for an LED is about $21 a year. Now the major difference between the three of these bulbs is how long that they last. Now this is just some basic information off of the internet, but you can tell from what I just ran down here, it's cheaper to buy an LED. And now LEDs also give you the colors that you want. Oh, that's what I was going to say. I'm a warm light person. So LEDs were always associated with that just bright white light. And now they offer that in a warm yellow light. So that's what companies try to do is that when they come up with a solution, they still want to have elements from the old school product so that they can still attract buyers. But I can tell you this, we haven't replaced the light bulb in four years. And when I bought them on the boxes, they said they would last like 23 years. So without a doubt, switching out the light bulbs will more than pay for itself. And that was really our first good move. So here's another great example. And one that I was very guilty of was the Glad or the Ziploc bags, the plastic baggies. So of course, these are pretty much a staple in everyone's household. And it's easy to use them and then just throw them away when you're done. That's the whole purpose of them and why they're making them for convenience. Well, yeah, because if you keep using them, that means you keep buying them. Mm -hmm, exactly. So what we did was an analysis dating back eight years. And this is when like we had our kids in full swing, right? Right. And we were packing up school lunches every day. So that was, of course, the convenience of that. So first off, let's talk about what is the average American use of Ziploc bags per year? I was, I was going to say, can you guess? But I can I, see it on the screen, but it says 500 <laughs> Ziploc exactly. bags per year. So in our analysis at Costco, for example, you can buy a box of 580 bags for $14 or 2.4 cents per bag. We have three kids. And when we were packing lunches, three kids was three bags per day at a minimum. But let's say three bags per day, five days a week equals 45 bags per week. So that's 580 bags divided by 40 bags. It's only 13 weeks that we're getting that out. And that school year average is 39 weeks. So that's a total cost of $42. So what we did was switch over to silicone bags because they're durable, they're non-toxic, they can handle high heat, and they can be cleaned in the dishwasher in addition to having a very long shelf life. So for example, we went on Amazon and we ordered the 22-pack of the four-gallon reusable storage bags, nine sandwich lunch bags, and nine small kids' snack bags for food. And all of that cost $21. So we bought two of those, which equals $42, which is the same amount for the actual Ziploc bags per year. So the difference here is that we got 18 lunch and 18 snack bags, and all we have to do is put them in the washer. But the whole point is that was enough bags to cover all the kids for the week. For $42. So in this regard, we're breaking even. So to go deeper into the analysis, I ran some numbers here. And we said for our last eight years together with kids eating lunches, we would save a total of $336 and if you break that down further, $3.50 a month. <laughs> so, All right, let's do the compound interest. Oh, yeah, right. You're going to get a lot off $3.50. But the point is, keep in mind, is that we're helping out the environment at the same time. And that $3.50 goes back into the pot. But I know what you're going to say out there. What about the kids' lunch that is in the paper bag that you stick the snacks and the sandwiches in, and that's it. Your kids throw it away, 
and then you start over the next day. But what we did is we bought them cool lunch boxes, like the soft pack lunch boxes with the with the ice pack inside to keep stuff cool. And honestly, at first they were like, oh, "I'm not bringing that to school. People are making fun of me. I'm the only one." And that at the end of the day, they kind of learned, you know what? And being environmentally conscious, we let them go pick out whatever lunchbox they wanted. Um, and I kind of felt like we started a movement because their friends would all comment, like, first of all, we'd pack cool lunches and we'd make sure of it. And <laughs> we wouldn't have the same thing every day, although they might argue with that. But all in all, we saved a lot of money that way. Yep, very cool. So we have a couple more things to go through here for examples. But one of my favorites here is the lighter. Now, not everybody uses a lighter, but we light candles and probably three of them a night. So what we use is those long candle lighters so that you can get into the candle so you don't burn your finger or actually reach the wick. So then I started thinking, well, why do we keep throwing a lighter away into the ground? And so going on the internet, we found an arc lighter and this thing works just like a spark plug does. And that's where you can see the electric pulse. And then all you have to do is stick it into the candle and you're done. I think that's one of my favorite things that we've bought. I have actually stuck my finger in there by example. Like sometimes I had to mess with it a little bit and. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's like. like screaming from a, throws you across the room a little bit. No, but the, but the lighter does. Like, oh, no, that's what I'm saying. The electricity and the lighter throws you across the oh, room. It, it's a real jolt. And I know what it really feels like because I've been electrocuted before. But it's cool. We've actually given that out as gifts. And people love it because it truly is, not only is kind of a cool novelty, it's like you're lighting your candles with electricity, but the end bend. So you can get into bigger candles, smaller candles, much easier. Yeah, so I did some analysis and the arc lighter we bought was 14 bucks and the long stem lighter was just about the same price at 14 bucks. So that would be a four pack that would last you just about a year. So the cool thing though is the arc lighter has 50,000 lights in it. Now, a Bic lighter from looking at the internet has 1,195 lights a year. So in breaking down the math, the cool thing is in getting down to business here with the information is that the arc lighter will last 42 years. On the inverse, this means we would purchase 168 of the candle lighters over time. So again, that's not going into the ground and we save money. Now, we always break things down by a month over time. So basically, we would save $1.16 a month. All right, but we're going to add all this up in the end. We we promised there's a purpose here. And what made me laugh is that Christmas time, it was like we were doing like Oprah's favorite things, right? She puts out this list every year. She just put it out recently of all the best things to buy for the holidays. So it was like and people were opening up like, you get an arc lighter and you get an arc lighter and you get an arc lighter. But it was great because people came back and said, you know what? This thing is really cool. The cool thing is once they get on board, they realize I have a, a cool product. I have something different. It still satisfies the need. And then they realize the convenience factor down the road. Oh, and as we said, you charge it with a USB cord. So how convenient is that? Can't beat it. I love it. All right. So the last one we want to talk about, something that's in everyone's house is something that I didn't conform to right away either was razor blades because I was the big buy the plastic ones, throw them away. So most razor blades only last for about five to 10 shaves. So assuming someone shaves five days a week for 48 weeks back during holidays and vacation time, if they shave during that time, this means that one would need 24 blades per year. 
So the cool thing, what we did is we went to the Dollar Shave Club and for 24 razors, it cost us $51. Now you can go to Amazon, which is what you did. You bought 24 razors on Amazon, that fit Dollar Shave Club, and that was for $33. So here we saved $18. And what was that other thing? Well, the other thing I went even further as I found this product called the Razor Pit. I think I saw it on TV. And like, oh, yeah. You came home. And you're like, I got this coolest thing. It's the pit. <laughs> What's the pit? It's just a razor blade caddy made out of rubber. But you rub it or stroke it on the rubber. It cleans the blades. And I'm finding that I might use maybe six blades a year. Oh, yeah. No. And it was great because you were so excited about this. And you came home. And you're like, all right, I'm getting these for everyone for Christmas. And then it was Christmas morning with the kids and Justin opened and then Chase opened and we're like, you get a razor pit and you get a razor pit. And then we get to Haley and she's like, this better not be a razor pit. (laughs) But the story didn't stop there. If you remember, we went to visit Chase about a year later at college and it was so cute because you went in his bathroom and what was sitting on the counter? The razor pit. The razor pit. And he's like, I love this. So he totally subscribed to it. So to reset here a bit. It's obvious that we're not saving a ton of money here in the examples that we provided. I'm going to say maybe 25 bucks a month. But let's face it, humans are expensive. So keep in mind, we spend thousands of dollars a year to live as humans. Do you recall a couple podcasts ago where we said, how much does it cost to raise a child through age 17? Ooh, 282,000 or something like that. 282, roughly $282,000 from birth to age 17. Right, so... If you pay for college, factor that in. Exactly. So the main point outside of this environmentally that we feel like we've really done a good job sort of changing our lifestyle, this has been a lifestyle change, is that when you start looking at the myriad of things that you spend money on out of the whole year, this truly adds up over time. And that's our whole point is finding cool things, finding a solution, and saving money. It's fun. If you just walked into your kitchen and your pantry and opened it up, it's easy to see how many times a year that you go and repurchase things over and over again. Bags of chips, spaghetti, fruit. But that's just food. And then when you start thinking about all of the other things in life that make it happen, it can be thousands of dollars and thousands of products, and things really begin to add up over time. Absolutely. So, all right, let's play a little game here. Let's think of all the things in our house that we've saved on or have had fun buying eco-friendly products. Okay, let's do a lightning round real fast. (laughs) Ready, go. Okay, so first one I'm thinking of is microwave popcorn. We dumped the microwave popcorn, right? I know, I love, we got the air popper. Right, so we made popcorn naturally, and so when I eat popcorn at somebody else's house or at work or something, I feel like there's some kind of glaze in the roof of my mouth. Mm -hmm. So Agreed. You know how it is when you get away from something and go back to it, and a lot of times you're like, I'm not sure why I even liked it. Right, and now we just melt regular real butter and pour that over it in moderation, of course, but... All right, what else you got? All right, the other thing that I'm thinking that you hate that I use... Is uh, plastic wrap. Plastic wrap, yes. So we went to beeswax, and when we got the beeswax, it came with silicone covers, which was great because you can cover all different size bowls and throw it in the dishwasher. Now, what do you waste the most of that I can't stand? Oh, paper towels. Oh, my gosh. Cindy will grab a wad of them like there's, like, blood to clean up on the floor or something. <laughs> I know. I'm like, there's six of these bunched up here. 
I know, I know. That's kind of like toilet paper, but we'll not address that now. But um, so I know I was so resistant. You came home, you brought this, what seemingly looked like a regular roll of paper towels, turned out to be bamboo. Yeah, it's cool because you can throw them in the wash and you can use them over and over again. I know. And the bamboo is the best textile. So I do love my bamboo paper towels. Here's another one. I bought an olive oil dispenser made of glass and steel. So that's great for cooking. And I love the stainless steel apple slicer you bought. Yeah, the other one broke in my hand and actually put slices on the top of my hand. Remember it dismantled. Oh, that plastic one? Yeah, just snap. Piece of crap. (laughs) We also buy natural logs now instead of cords of wood, which is cheaper and better for the environment. How about steel straws? That was a big one. Yeah, Haley at college actually brings her steel straws. I know. Sticks them in there when she's at like a Starbucks, for example. She introduced us to those. She cleans them. Imagine that. After watching Bar Rescue, you kind of wonder who cleans what. <laughs> Ooh. Should I do a John Taffer imitation? Because I've been sawing through every you episode. You have been binging Bar Rescue right now, so do it. Let's hear it. Okay, so I'm going to wing this, so just answer these questions. Does your house look like this? No. Would you serve this food? Would you eat this food? No. When's the last time you cleaned this fryer? I don't know, maybe a month ago. That's bullshit! <laughs> You're a f- failure and you're using your parents retirement money and you're sticking it down the fucking drain if i see you have one more drink in this bar i'm walking out of here now clean this fucking place and i'll come back and rescue your bar <laughs> oh my throat hurts i'm, I'm kind of worked up right now well, pudge is like why are you yelling at my mom like this <laughs> i'm dying that is so great yeah and in the end after he like completely like army drill sergeant breaks everybody down they're like hugging and crying, and I love you, John Taffer. Well, he's he's there to like strip him to the bone and break him down because it, it appears to me he really cares. So yeah, but like literally, eighty percent of the episode is exactly what you just did, which that was really good. <laughs> Are you replacing your uh, Trump imitation now with John Taffer every week? I'm not leaving the White House. It's my election. Everything's rigged. <laughs> Screw you, John Taffer. <laughs> okay, so take over. What, what's the next thing? All right, my next favorite discovery was bamboo plates. So totally 100% compostable, so you don't have to feel bad about throwing them away. And if you're having a bigger occasion or a lot of people over, these work great in favor of paper plates. Yeah, you're not going to save money on those, but it's a good fill-in when you don't want to use real plates when the company's over. Exactly, and they look like wood, so that's what's so, they're so pretty. Another one that we found is compostable Keurig coffee pods. So... These are pods that make your coffee, but you can use them in the Keurig machine. They're not actually from Keurig. You can throw them in the ground, and it's cool. Another thing that I bought was a stainless steel mesh basket, and I throw in my loose-leaf tea in there. So not only do I have to worry about the pods, I also have no more tea bags to waste. Yeah, and I get that coffee pod on Amazon by San Francisco Bay, so I love that product. So the last thing on our list is cloth napkins. So we use those to wipe our face. Cindy puts them in the wash, and then we're good to go. It's kind of like eating at a decent restaurant. And the good part is is that you don't waste the paper napkins. Okay, so we could go on all day with our examples, but I did kind of do a cursory look around the house before I sat down here, and it's amazing that I realized how many things that we bought without even knowing it. For example, we have stainless steel wastebaskets. We got that juicer you bought me for like Father's Day. That's oh yeah, the- 100% recycled aluminum, right? Mm-hmm. So, and that's a showpiece on the counter, by the way. It is pretty cool. And uh, our uh, scale is out of glass and metal. And you start going around here and realizing that we've done a pretty good job 
I think one important factor that we need to talk about is that we said you may save five bucks a month here and 10 bucks a month there. But the whole point of budgeting is to find more ways to put more money in your pocket for the same result that you were getting before. And we talked about the thousands of dollars that you may spend in a year and the myriad of products you may purchase. And then when you start putting into practice the exercise that we're talking about here, things begin to add up. I totally agree because you're not having to buy these items over and over again. You know, I was kind of resistant when we met. And over time, I've just loved the opportunity to find these things. And it, it's exciting. I mean, the whole goal for us is being conscious about the way we spend and the environmental impact, because that's important to us, finding solutions that make our life easier. And the whole objective, which we're talking about every week, is how do you save money? I get so excited about this. And it's almost kind of like that fire seeker mentality where, you know, it's the extreme savings, but I think it's not so much the extreme cutback because we're not cutting back. Some of this stuff well, for the long term is a little bit more expensive, but we don't have to buy it over and over yeah, and over. Yeah, it's not like a really frugality. Fire movement says frugality. This really is paying more up front in some cases for these products, in some cases not. However, you're getting longer term use out of them. So in the long run, yes, you will spend less money. So it's kind of like a fire movement hybrid in some ways. Yeah, I love it. I mean, it truly is something that we've adopted, that our kids have adopted, and it's paying off. But here's the thing. We didn't do this to save money. We did this to help the environment. And then when you came on board to the ideal that I was pitching, you started to realize, hey, this feels pretty good. And then every little thing that you do can help the environment. And when you do that, you just feel better. But the good thing is, is you can also save money at the same time and get even in many cases better quality products than you were getting before. Well, and that's the one thing when I, again, I go back to when I educate on this subject and I have people that stand in front of me and say, I can't save money. I can't save another dollar. And I always say, yes, you can. I promise you can. And again, this is just a lifestyle change. So we've adopted this and I show people that. And then they get excited and we'll say it's just a little bit of a movement in our world anyway. See, if you're on a tight budget and you don't have the money per se, start with one product at a time. Absolutely. You don't have to do it all in one fell swoop. Just take your time, pick it off one by one, add to it, add to the pile, right? And as you add to that pile of the products, you're going to see that pile of more disposable income adding up. And so I thought about this and I haven't really tracked it. But taking a cursory review of this over the last eight years, I'm going to say that we've saved about $1,000 a month. And I know some of you might be going, this is not right. That's a lot of money. But things add up over time. And we don't have to repurchase them. That's the whole point. So the little things add up. And uh, I can also see you over there on your computer adding <laughs> something else up. I assume you're going to go into your compound interest. You know I love compound interest. This is a great example. If you're telling us that we've saved $1,000 a month, Add $12,000 to that over eight years that we've been doing this at an average of 7% interest. That calculation is $133,454. Fantastic. Who doesn't want to save that? I don't know. The whole point is that it's doable, but it's discipline. Just like running a budget, it's discipline, and people don't like to do it. It's It takes work. Life is work. But this is a great way to show you that there is money to be made just by not spending it. Oh, and I would say weekly challenge. Give us some feedback. Write to us and tell us some of the things that you've saved. Get us on board on your saving habits. I'd love to hear some of other people's ideas. 
Okay, so that was a lot of information, so I think it's time that we do the recap. Number one, I think it goes without saying that buying quality products that help the environment can also save you money. However, you have to put the time in. You need to do your research. Number two, if money is tight or you are working on a small budget, just start slowly. Pick off one item at a time because when you save that money, then that snowball effect starts and then you can apply that money to the next purchase and eventually things start adding up. And number three, once you start putting this exercise in motion, the little items begin to add up and you can save yourself dozens to even hundreds of dollars each month. Number four, by saving this money, you can pay bills off or invest it and that will also add up over time. And as we know, we love the value of our compound growth. And number five, a hidden part to all of this is the time that you save by not having to buy products over and over again. And this means that you are creating more leisure time for yourself. Bonus. And number six, when you buy products that help the environment, it simply makes you feel better. So when you buy the first product and you see success with it, then you're going to buy the second one. And when that snowball effect keeps hitting, you're going to spread the word because you like more money in your pocket and you're doing your part to help the world. So now it's time to get to our human interest stories this week, and we want to first thank all the men and women who have served this country, and we acknowledge you for Veterans Day this past week, and we also want to thank you for your service. So the first story I want to talk about is World War II pilot Harry Moyer, who says there's no better place to be on Veterans Day than in the sky. The great thing about Harry is he actually turned 100 while flying back in October. Harry flew with the 1942 Army Air Corps and served as a combat pilot throughout the war, including a stint with the famed Flying Tigers that defended China from the Japanese. And I love this story because he is in the Guinness Book of World Records. His family submitted a video as proof that he actually is up there flying alone, and he doesn't care about that. He said that's for them, and he enjoys the fact that they love that. He said, life is about doing what you love and taking risks. Take the chance. And I love that about, he's 100. He's still up there. He is the cutest man. I just love the story. And what I loved about him is in the end, he said, it's always great to thank veterans for their service, but he truly urges everyone to go a step beyond and donate money to charities that benefit veterans. So we actually have a couple charities, one that we've given to, but there's Warrior to Warrior, Vintage for Vets, Quantum Leap Farm, and many, many more that you can donate to. So here's to you, Harry Moyer, we truly salute you. All right, so now we're also going to salute somebody else that's been in our house for a while, and that is Mr. Alex Trebek. Our beloved Alex Trebek. He's been a staple in our house for the last nine years as a family with our dinner hours, challenging our kids growing up, showing how much I don't know, and everyone getting mad at how much you do know. But we always encouraged you to be on Jeopardy. I've been watching since I was like a kid. So yeah, you but- learn by watching Jeopardy. I never even read books, never did really read books. If I read more books, I think I could really just go in there and just do it. But I think I'd have to study. But this isn't about me. This is about the coolness of actually learning and watching and just something that's a staple in your life for a long time that you get used to seeing. And it's too bad that he's no longer going to be around, but... It's a really cool thing to see what he's done to impact people. And the funny thing is that 
I did read that the average age of a Jeopardy listener is 65. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, we're, we, don't, uh, we don't match that because literally our kids, whenever we sit down at dinner, and it can be any time, and they're, where's Jeopardy? Aren't we going to watch Jeopardy? And sometimes they've chanted, Jeopardy, Jeopardy. So, I'm, I mean, I'm just heartbroken. And the one thing that I loved about Alex Trebek, especially in the end, is he came in and he fought through that and every single taping to the end. And they said he never gave up. He changed his suit five times a day. He read the news prior to every single episode. He actually watched his own episodes and loved to do it. Yeah. He said other than what basketball being on, he absolutely loved to watch his show. So um, we're going to miss Alex Trebek. And, you know, I kind of feel like he was only in our household. And then I start talking to people online or and like... Everybody kind of felt how we do, that he was in their house and their house only every night. Yeah, he seems like a pro's pro. That's what it, That's the way I take from it. All right, let's have some fun. I found a website called jarchive.com that posts all the Jeopardy episodes out there. So let's do a quick lightning round to really, truly test your knowledge. Bring it on. <laughs> okay, so I found a category. This is totally not scripted, so... I'm going to see what you're made of here, which is this category, who made that? So for 200, David, and you have to answer it correctly, we write of its four-color original pen. Bic. Nope. Eh. You have to say, what is? Not in the opening round. Yeah, you do. No, you don't. You don't have to phrase it in the form of a question in the first round. Nope. For eight years, I've been watching it, and I didn't realize that. It shows you how much you don't know about me, because you don't notice the little things. Really? Okay. I feel bad about okay, that. Okay, Bick is correct. Okay, so for 400, here's a switch. The game called Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games, Tokyo 2020. I'm sorry, David, you're running it, out of time. Is it Mario Kart? Mario Kart? Who made that? Oh, they went, is that the question? Oh, Nintendo. Nintendo is correct. All right, you're two for two. For the $600 question, Twinkies, which it's called... Hostess. You don't even have to read it. Oh, man. Hostess. All right. Now you just think you're cool. For the $800 question, you're not going to get this one. The stately Colorado pickup truck. Oh, yeah, you will. Is that a Chevy? Like a rock. Yeah, I think it is. Chevy. All right, and the last one for the $1,000 question... Get your kicks, hoop it up, and play your A game with hardened step-back shoes. I would have no idea. That would be Adidas. How do you know that? I don't know. Okay. That's the triple stumper. But you got it. All right. Well, maybe I should get on the show so we can get to an earlier retirement. Not anymore because Alex is gone. So, Godspeed, Alex Trebek. We love you in our house. We will miss you forever. And I hope you have many, many more Jeopardy games up in heaven. Okay, here's a final Jeopardy question. What podcast has gone on way too long for this week? Dent, didn't, dent, 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 dent. That would be something on my mind. That's right, Cindy. So with that being said, that is going to end our podcast for this week. As a show reminder, you can catch us on all social media platforms, including Instagram using somm.podcast. And if you'd like to submit a question to the show, go to somethingonmymind.net. So until then, until next week, I am David. And I am Cindy. Cindy.